It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to a very special edition of Plank of the Week. And I'll tell you why it's a very special edition. It's a very special edition because we are all in the same room. Now, for weeks and weeks and weeks... We haven't been able to get anybody into the building here at London Bridge, but today, for the first time, I'm delighted to say uh, that we have Jerry Hayes, uh, the well-renowned barrister, raconteur, former Tory MP, and Emily Carver as well. Um, I'm going to call you uh, political commentator, because I think that's what you do best. I asked for Jerry to be as far away from me as possible, oh. uh, so oh. he's way over there, oh. and uh, and Emily is, is, is right next to me. My, I've got my You've mask. got your mask. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where'd you get that? Oh, it's I was rummaging through Anne Whittacombe's knickers. It's a very, very psychedelic. <laughs> anyway, so, Jerry, tell us your first plank. Well, the first plank is, is, is one of the biggest plankers that the country has produced so far. And what I'm suggesting is we have a, a lifetime award for him. No. It's someone, let me just give you a little clue. Uh, he really messed up the railways. Uh-huh. He nearly destroyed uh, the legal system. I know it who you mean grayling. now. No, it was grayling. Failing grayling. Failing grayling. What's he, he is... done, what's he done now, then? Oh, it's just what he's going to do. He's been put, well, he's made head of the Intelligence Committee. Now, by and large, what you need to do is know a little bit about <laughs> intelligence, but he doesn't have any intelligence, let alone know anything about it. I mean, certainly everything he touches <laughs> seems to turn to something oh, other than gold. Oh, oh absolutely right. But, so, I mean, um, he, does he have friends in high places, Chris Grayling or something? I mean, how does he get these jobs if he's so useless? Um, he, he was one of the people who ran the leadership ca- campaign of Boris Johnson. Okay. He also ran the leadership campaign of... Theresa May. So at the end of the day, he says, "Please, please help me." Where he's, he just should be put well, out of his misery. He must be good at something, then, wasn't he? Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh. He's not that awful, is he? Yes. From uh, I'm being generous. From my limited that was my experience. charm offensive. I mean, it. this is the this is the same Jerry Hayes who was a former Tory MP who now hates the Tories. <laughs> no, I don't hate the Tories yeah, no, at can all. Can we trust what he says? Well, yeah, <laughs> but he's a lawyer. You know. So that's a, it's a pretty good start, though. I have to say, yeah. Emily, who's your first one? Um, mine is the actress and apparent national treasure Miriam Morgulies. Is that how you pronounce her name? I'm not even sure how you pronounce her name because until she started Margolis, wishing the prime minister Margolis. dead, Margolis. before she started wishing the prime minister dead, I'd never actually heard of her. But there we are. I'm not very cultured. I was going to begin by reminding everyone that she was the person who decided to go live on TV, I think Channel 4 it was, and uh, wish the Prime Minister dead um, from coronavirus. So that was her first little incident over the lockdown period. Then it gets worse. She decided to do a very revealing, well, she gave a very revealing interview um, with Times 2 magazine. Oh, yes. Essentially where she bared all. Um, as Professor Sprout, that's how I know her, 
Professor Sprout from yes. Harry Potter well, series. Well, I suppose I know her from that, but I never yeah. really knew her name, I suppose, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes, I never knew her name. I'd sort of seen her out and about. Anyway, she decided, of course, that she'd follow the rest of the uh, Harry Potter cast. Oh, yes. And uh, call uh, J.K. Rowling's views fascist. <laughs> right. Or uh, conservative. It's amazing, isn't it? All these, all these people who would have no money without J.K. Rowling have suddenly turned yeah. on her yeah. for I saying know. something which happens to be true. I know. It was Emma Watson, then Paul Radcliffe, yeah. then uh, the Weasleys right. got involved. Right. It's just been all of them. So she joined that crew. And then she also said a few other things. She said that uh, Margaret Thatcher was more harmful than... Hitler. <laughs> what? She then went Where do on these to people say, go to I, I get these views? I mean, it's unbelievable, isn't it? She then went on to say, well, in true champagne socialist fashion, that uh, she's moving more towards communism as she gets older, and that although she wants to be rich, she doesn't like it. Oh, yeah. So uh, she's clearly a quite... Um, Mad. Quite mad, yes. Yeah. This is like all these idiots who have... Rich, I haven't actually put them into any of my list of planks, but these rich people, these millionaires who have all written to various oh, governments around the world yeah, yeah. to say, please tax us a bit more. Yeah. Well, why don't you just give them some write more money? A check. You don't actually have to be taxed. Why don't you just write a cheque for 100 million quid? Richard Curtis, who yeah. I think is a very funny guy, yeah. writes some great films, has produced and directed loads of great films. But, you know, if you want to give money away, just give it away. Yeah. You don't have to get the government knocking on your door and giving them instructions, please tax me at 95% like you used to in the 60s. Yeah. There's literally yeah. nothing stopping you from writing a cheque to HMRC. No. Like, it's very possible. Right. But instead, obviously, they go to the media. Well, but they have to have their name in the paper saying, look, we, we, we paid too much money. <laughs> but one more thing about Miriam is that she also had to get in a dodgy trope about Israeli influence. Of course. Which is why oh, no. Jeremy Corbyn didn't win. Ah. So it was a uh, quite extraordinary interview. It's a full house, isn't oh, it, for the left, that one, isn't yes. it? You can do full, the, full you know, anti-Israel, uh, anti-Boris, anti-J.K. Uh, Rowling. It's the, whole, it's the whole lot. It's all in one. But the trouble is, if you support J.K. Rowling and you're in the business of entertainment, you're not going to work again. That's the trouble. Well, the, my, my favourite was the, uh, the people who wrote for the same agent, I think, as she yeah. has, who said that the agent should dump her uh, on the grounds that she had these outrageous views which they didn't agree with. And all of them were people you'd never heard of. And l luckily the agent was going, oh yeah, of course, I'm going to dump J.K. Rowling yeah, yeah, who makes yeah. us about 12 million a year uh, for you lot who make us the square root of bugger all, you know. <laughs> I guess she's one of the only people that can't be cancelled. Well, I mean, Ricky Gervais said this the other day. He said, well, I can't be cancelled because I'm so rich, it doesn't matter if I never work again. <laughs> so I'll say what I like, thanks, which I think is brilliant, you know. Yeah, well, My first one is going to be Dame Cressida Dick. Uh, oh. who you may not be surprised has been on the list quite a few times <laughs> yes, this year, not least for dancing around on Westminster Bridge, clapping for the NHS when we were supposed to be social distancing. She didn't do it. This time I'm going to do it because she appeared before a parliamentary committee uh, early part of uh, this week, or early part, late part of last week, actually, um, where she was asked about the stop and search of um, the Team GB sprinter, Bianca Williams, right? And, and while she'd already said and issued a statement saying that they had checked it all out and nothing wrong had happened and the reason that the police stopped them was because they were driving in a suspicious manner, uh, they'd already sorted out the fact that the police had done nothing wrong. But nevertheless, she was very sorry for what happened. And you're kind of going, well, if, if you didn't do anything wrong, what are you apologising for? It's like me apologising to you for not having done anything. Yeah, well, why would I? Well, no, you just slagged me off. Yeah, but why would she apologise? No, it's stupid. It's stupid. But, but isn't it idiotic? Yeah, but actually, there was quite a lot wrong which happened. So she shouldn't have said there's nothing wrong at all. But no, she'd already said there was nothing well, wrong. She's stupid. She just had It's hardly surprising that they're losing all authority, isn't it? I know. It? And also, she then said they were going to revisit the idea of handcuffing people. Okay, then. So what are you going to do 
when you've got somebody who needs to be restrained because they're behaving in a rather hysterical way. Now, look, we've all seen the police behaving badly. We know that that's sometimes what they do. Yeah, but, but I mean, if you're not going to let them use handcuffs, what's the point of even having them? How can you revisit the idea of handcuffs? Let's revisit the idea of whether you've committed offence or yeah. not. Did she give Let's an have a think about it. No. No, I presume you just talk nicely to people and they'll stop doing whatever it is they're they doing. By and large, and they do. And then they'll apologise. Yeah. Particularly yeah. if they've got a gun in their hand. They, they you know, they, they behave nicely. I mean, it's like being frisked by somebody from, um, you know, EastEnders or something, isn't it? I mean, there's just no point to it. I mean, either you have to carry out the business of law and order or you don't. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's driving a car uh, on the wrong side of the road, refusing to stop, yeah. then I think as the police, you're entitled to stop them, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, of course you are. And I mean, it may well be that if she was holding a baby, they shouldn't have been quite as rough with her as they were. Yeah. But given the situation, you know, it wasn't as if they just pulled them over. They pulled them over after they chased them, basically. It seems to me that the police are so worried about upsetting anyone or offending anyone yeah. that they're sort of hamstrung. They don't know what they can and can't do. I think that Christina Dick should be actually, you know, telling them, well, supporting the police mm. who are down... On well, the I mean, streets, I'm actually afraid. facing. Yeah, exactly. And also, don't forget, this is the woman who has been uh, sort of in charge of several operations where the police have gone in to an illegal party or illegal rave in a street and been chased away. This is the police we're talking about, yeah. being chased yeah. by the bad guys. Yeah, and we, we saw what happened in London, in Westminster. It started off quite well. Yeah. This was a Black Lives Matter thing. Uh, and then suddenly a police officer was thrown off a horse because someone had thrown a bicycle at the yeah, horse. I know. And there were people jeering and laughing. And then there was a 12-year-old boy. I think she's boy. still in hospital, actually. I think she probably is. Um, I hope she gets compensation for it. I hope they get the guy who actually did it as well. And then there were people watching a police officer being kicked in yeah. the head, laughing and joking and taking yeah. photographs. Yeah, that I mean, I really appalling. think that Cressida Dick has sort of lost the, the um, yeah. confidence of the London I would say, and it's time that she uh, retired. And in the meantime, I'll just make her Plank of the Week. Yeah, I think that's not bad. So time for your second nomination. The second nomination, and I, you'll have to remind me of the third, is because I can't remember at the moment. It may come to me. Oh. Uh, Johnny Depp. Yes. Johnny Depp. Dear oh, dear oh, dear. He is suing uh, the son for something that was written about him, I think, beating his wife. So he says, no, this is ruining my reputation. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a libel action. Very foolish, very foolish. The only people who win in libel actions are the lawyers. And what we're going to do He must is be paying his team a fortune, by the way. It's the High Court. Of course. So he'll have probably, what, 10 lawyers on his side? Oh. Easily. Oh. The solicitors will be charging £600 an hour. The silk, the silk, I'm just jealous I don't the do that. The silk will be on about four grand an hour, won't but, Well, not so much, they don't pay the hour. He'll probably get £100,000 on the brief, yeah. 20000 a day, probably more, who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's licensed print money. But anyway, the defence of beating a wife is <laughs> to say, well, actually, I did beat my wife, yeah. but she beat me too. And also, I've taken lots and lots and lots of drugs. Right. So it's going to wreck his reputation. And what's more, he's going to pay lots of money for yeah. it. And it, it seems a very be. odd way yeah. to defend yourself against a charge of being a wife beater by actually producing evidence to show that you are, in fact, and somebody who has beaten his wife. Now, it may well be there's a, a, a sort of a lexicography yeah. difference between being called a wife beater and having had an, uh, a domestic situation in which violence was used. I don't know yeah. whether there's a difference. But even you would be hard-pressed to prove that, wouldn't you? Oh, I don't know. 
I mean, you know, because <laughs> I mean, by saying somebody's a wife beater, I suppose you're saying they could be an habitual wife yeah, beater, which he's trying to, I think, make out. But, this he, was, but he's certainly an habitual drug taker. Yeah, yeah. But this was one story in the sun, which within a week the public would have forgotten about. Yeah. This is every day I know. in the sun and every national newspaper. And it'd be flashed into the United States. And the America. details are so ridiculously oh. sordid that you can't oh. quite believe. I mean, if you wanted to do a sort of, you know, Hollywood decadence type story this is it yeah because it's, it's got everything you know she's now a lesbian uh, she's got a lesbian lover they used to have threesomes there's pictures of him so drunk that he's lying curled up on the floor yeah you know his pictures of him with a bleeding finger because she smashed a vodka bottle over his hand oh you know i mean it was a pretty lively relationship you have to say. tempestuous yeah we would say sounds quite extraordinary it really is, is isn't it <laughs> it really is but it i think happen at the institute of economic affairs well let's hope not <laughs> anyway we, nobody knows not that i know nobody of. No, knows Jerry. Uh, what goes on there uh, but we're not going to go there either tell us your second one so i feel a bit mean choosing this one as it's a young lady who's probably about my age it is flora gill oh yes if you don't know her she is the daughter of the former Home Secretary, Amber Rudd, yes. and also of the uh, writer A.A. Gill. Now, she's, uh, she's often a bit of a plank. I mean, she's rather gratuitous with uh, details of her sex life on she's, social she's media. Not, she's not shy about that, no. is she? She's now doing a show, funnily enough, on Times Radio with her mother, um, <laughs> in which they talk about all manner of kind of bizarre things. That may be one to miss. Mm. Well, <laughs> well, you never miss Times covered. Radio. No. Thank you for that saying that. Very important. Yeah. Anyway, what has she done this week? Well, she decided to use her latest Times column to argue that cancel culture does not, in fact, exist. Oh, really? Yeah, so she gave, she said cancel culture does not exist, and then a few lines later, she backtracked on that within the same column right. and said cancel culture has been around for, you know, since existence or whatever. Right. And so she's basically contradicting herself in this, in this article. And it's quite ironic because I don't know if you remember, I actually spoke to you on talk radio about this, mm. but her own mother was no platform yes, at Oxford University, which surely is symptomatic of uh, the cancel culture. Well, and you it, would have thought so, yeah. But also to make it's, it's just Johnny Depp style writing, isn't it? It's kind of making out that something isn't true because it's always been true. Yes, exactly. That's not really that. logical, is it? <laughs> no, and she seemed to, she framed herself as this sort of angel who's there to help the weak. She said, cancel culture is there to help help minorities and help weak yes. people. But I, I don't see how these sort of millennial sort of liberal types can't seem to see that they're in fact clamping down on free speech, clamping on the rights of people to speak their own mind and being so censorious. They're not trying to help people. They're trying to attack opinions that they themselves don't believe right. in. Right. And it's totally censorious. And I think that um, it just shows how well, out of touch, Flora Gill is. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say she's probably had quite a privileged upbringing as Flora Gill. I mean, A.A. Gill, I thought, was a great writer. He yeah. really, I recently, used to enjoy stuff in Sunday Times. He was quite outrageous. And she is probably her father's daughter, yeah. I suppose, because she yeah. does seem to be quite outrageous as well. I mean, yeah. the first um, story I heard them telling on Sunday night when I was driving up on the radio was about um, her mother asking her if she'd ever had any tattoos done, which you would sort of think, if, if you're her mother, you might know. Yeah, of course. But she didn't know. But she said she nearly had a tattoo done once in Thailand, but instead she had a nipple pierced, which her mother also didn't know when she was 18 or something. 
And it was quite uncomfortable listening, I have to say. Oh, yeah. I, I had no. to put it back to talk radio <laughs> after a while. Don't but, want uh, any of that. No. It's, <laughs> it's, it's Sunday evening, for heaven's sake. You know, <laughs> going home for some nice roast. Um, my th- second nominee uh, is apropos the cancer culture, ca- cancel culture, Richard Morrison, who you may or may not have heard of. Uh, he apparently is the, one of the BBC's music experts. Oh. And by that, I don't mean... Uh, Radio One type music. I mean, sort of, you know, classical music experts. Oh, he wrote a piece in the BBC magazine uh, in which he said that uh, basically last night the proms should be completely changed and we should not sing uh, Rule Britannia. We should definitely not sing Land of Hope and Glory or Jerusalem or any of the things that we enjoy doing on last night of the proms if you go to last night of the proms uh, because it's all a bit jingoistic <laughs> and quite frankly, a bit distasteful. Yeah, it should be kumbaya and a nice cup of cocoa. <laughs> a nice cup of cocoa. <laughs> I'm a free marketer, so I think what they should do is run two shows. Right. One with the music, one without, and see which one does better. Yes. Well, yeah. can you imagine last night at the proms without Rule Britannia? I mean, <laughs> what would be the point? Do you remember there about. was a row, wasn't there, yeah. once? Because did they, did they not do a show and people started waving loads of European flags, oh, like that's European right. Union flags. <laughs> yeah. And everybody who was sort of on the right got very worked up about it. I mean, I don't care what sort of flag you want to wear uh, or what sort of flag you want to wave, but you know, but you can't not sing Real Britannia. No. I mean, you know, it's, it's a bit like, uh, you know, what you were saying earlier about the cancel culture. People don't want to sing it like it doesn't exist, like it was never written. Like, you know, we didn't rule the waves. Or you, know, you can't sing it with, you can sing it with some irony now if you want, because well, we certainly don't rule the waves at all. What about the National Anthem? wasn't the Union thinking about oh, yes. getting rid of... Um, Swing Low Street Charity, which was well, written by a freed slave yes. talking about the underground network and saying how wicked slavery was. I'm not sure where we are with that, but certainly Prince Harry, uh, who has been pictured and oh. videoed singing it, oh. has now said that he thinks they should cancel it and not sing it anymore. I wish it shut And up. you're going, Harry... Oh. You know, bizarrely, I haven't got him on any list this week. No, so No, I left him well. off because I'd done him before. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he's been on it. I think they've been on Both Harry and Meghan have been on the list, I think, for about the last four months, every single week. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very sad because I'm sure they're thoroughly decent people. I wouldn't be so well, sure about so that. I'm not so sure. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think he's, he's, he's looking more like a hostage. But, you know, yeah, 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 absolutely right. Mm. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. 
Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Now, come on, what's your third one? The third one, I've just remembered, actually. I was just having a mental block. God, he's going to come to me. But, look, I'll give you a clue. His first job was at the Daily Mirror as a young reporter, and he was dressed as a chicken, and he used to chase around after uh, David Cameron and go, clack, 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 you're chicken. Very funny, very good. Nothing particularly original. Then, appropriately, He must suppose, have been so happy to finally attain his top oh, journalistic oh, job yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the national, no, national newspaper. That's not very funny, Jerry. No, no, no. But then he, then he worked. <laughs> I mean, once you've seen it once, you know <laughs> no, what I mean? Then he, then he, then he worked on um, the Brexit uh, campaign. Um, so very similar, really. Foul, oh, what, like foul vote play. Leave, what, vote leave or something? <laughs> vote leave or something like that. What was he dressed as then? Uh, well, no, just... I can't say it on the programme. <laughs> But anyway, but now, now, do you know what he does now? No. He's director of communications at Number Ten Downing Street. <laughs> Chicken Boy is none other than well, Lee I mean, Kane. You know, he's grown presumably into a new kind of animal, a new beast, a turkey, like. a turkey, a maybe. turkey. Yeah, because the comms is. He so hates the Tories. I told you. <laughs> I don't hate the Tories. Yeah, always, every time I see you, you're slagging off the government. No, I'm just slagging off incompetence. Please just give us competent people. That's what I want. Well, Rishi Sunak's pretty competent. Oh, he's good. You know? Oh, he's very good. <laughs> Finally, see, there oh, you go. Yeah. No, 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 absolutely. Well of done. Course, you will be saying things about him later. I may well, yes. Yeah. So I think Chicken Boy, because the government comms is terrible. How is it terrible, though? It's awful. What's wrong with it? Uh, confused messages. How do you allow a cabinet minister like Michael Gove to appear on the Ma show and saying, well, we really shouldn't be wearing face. Well, we should wear face masks because it's polite to do it, but there shouldn't be. But we won't be making it compulsory. Yeah. Yeah, And then the next day, (laughs) what you do is you have a line to take for ministers. I know it can be very boring, but it's basically, well, we're considering it all. We think it's very important. Whether we're mandatory, we'll let you know in due course when we've looked at the science. That's all you need to do. So it doesn't look confused. Messages are confused. Well, maybe Gove doesn't like talking like that, though. Maybe he says to them, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say we shouldn't do it. And we're not doing it. And maybe he was having a row because he wanted to convince them. And he thought by going on Mar... Could be that. You know, you see, you're not Machiavellian enough here. By going on Mar and saying it, he thought that that would (laughs) then happen. You're right. And of course, he's very, very close to Dominic Cummings, uh, who used to be his special advisor when he was at education. He wasn't very popular because I think David Cameron said he was a, uh, a career psychopath, which they didn't get on. Cameron. They didn't get on. Yeah, but, you know, I'd rather forget about uh, Cameron. Oh, I, I mean, liked One of the Cameron. worst prime ministers of all time. You're such oh, a no. Yeah. Cameron. He used to write me nice letters. the guy that caused you to be um, disturbed, shall we say, what? by finding us out of the European Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a complete and utter mess up, unfortunately. Well, I mean, how can you support him then? Well, because one is a friend and two, <laughs> I, thought he was, I thought he was really good news until that terrible slip up. Well, it's a, it's a bit like the Titanic, isn't it? It's a bit like the old BBC's description of the Black Lives Matter march, which was largely peaceful. Largely you peaceful, know, yeah, um, yeah. Well, the Titanic, the Titanic was, was a largely, largely successful, successful. <laughs> voyage across the Atlantic. Yeah. Like David Cameron was a largely successful Prime Minister. Yeah. And the play was good, wasn't it, Mrs Lincoln? Until he killed yeah. the European Union. <laughs> Emily, your last chance, your last, your third choice. Oh, yeah, so I would like to nominate, well, every plank of the week, I think I've nominated a Labour MP. It's so got to be done. I may as well, well continue. You've got to balance up Jerry. Yeah, you know? well, that's right. You're, you're, you're... I may as well continue the trend. To be fair, I hadn't heard of this MP, actually, before uh, this week, but it's Beth Winter MP, oh, yes. who uh-huh. is the 
quite newly elected Labour MP for Kinon Valley, oh, yes. if I say that correctly. Sounds good. <laughs> I chose her because uh, she decided um, that she would try and shame the Chancellor, the lovely Chancellor Rishi Sunak. Dishy Rishi. By uh, finding a picture of herself drinking from a three-pound dinosaur mug. Oh, yeah. And she was doing this because she wanted to compare her uh, thriftiness, or indeed her down-to-earth... Yes. Uh, way of life. Way of life, life. with uh, Rishi's £180 flask, which apparently is beyond the pale. Thereby proving that all Tories are rich, rich horrible, rich, evil, evil swine. Rich, <laughs> Who hate the poor. Hate the poor. Right. And eat babies. I actually tore up a copy of the Daily Mirror on camera uh, upstairs at Talk Radio as a result of this because they had written that story that he had a hundred and eighty pound mug, as if which it was, was a gift greatest, from his wife. Well, I mean, which, as if it's a story. It's not a story. How is it a story <laughs> there, was, at all? there was a complete lefty meltdown, wasn't there? Yeah, were yeah. there like three or four Mirror articles right. about this? Oh yeah. As if anyone cares. I mean, I suppose she got one thing right that she is in fact a dinosaur. Exactly, so that would that be was, the, the takeaway that I would take well, from it. Exactly. You know, that's the um, subliminal message. Also, isn't I'm it? hoping somebody wrote the winter of my discontent content star headline because that would be perfect wouldn't it for yeah, her yeah winter. winter is coming beth winter but Game i mean why she's a oh, complete beth. plank well, that's, is... that's too modern for me as a oh, reference too... <laughs> why she's a complete plank is obviously i mean firstly she's on 80 grand which is not to be sniffed at no. as an mp mm. secondly if you have a little look through her expenses which uh, guido kindly did for Very us good. Oh, they found that she had uh, stayed for one night in a london hotel on the taxpayer for 525 Goodness pounds me just for one evening. Oh. So uh, she's hardly whiter than white I dare say herself. she's got quite a good uh, expense account travelling from Keenan Valley, <laughs> wherever it is, uh, into London and back. Probably uh, a few grand, I would imagine, the old season ticket on the railways. In my yes. day, we used to get first-class tickets, not anymore. <laughs> yeah. And apparently she earned £4,000 uh, for 10 hours' work for the university and college union. So I imagine she can probably uh, afford a better What did better she do? Flask. What did she do? God knows. I guess advisory or something be like some that. Kind of, it would be some kind of academia, wouldn't it? It would be some kind of but nonsense. It's a union. They just get drunk. Yeah. I used to be vice president of my student's union and I booked 10 cc yeah. for 500 quid. And I was very popular because I was responsible for dishing out free condoms. Really? Yeah. Well, that must have been quite a busy uh, time you had. <laughs> yeah, it was very busy. I mean, when I was, in student, when I was a student, we used to go and occupy, occasionally go and occupy the, the vice chancellor's office. We did that. Uh, where lots of people would have lots of sex in it. And then yes. we'd, we'd, we'd leave after the, the, the weekend and he'd come back in and we were demonstrating apparently against the, um, the cuts in the student fees. Yeah. I feel like students were so much more debaucherous back they in the were. day. Yeah, I, I can imagine now if I went to university, oh, I'd probably last about two days before I got thrown out <laughs> for <laughs> saying something that they didn't agree with. It's true, everyone's you know? remarkably prudish yeah. these days. I, I also remember selling, I had a very good line, I, I started editing the student newspapers at Bath University where I went, and um, I became somehow in charge of the, news, the newspaper, and in those days there was such a thing as Letraset, which you used to use oh, to, yeah, yeah. to you know, make headlines and stuff like that. And my father used to work in um, the newspaper business in London. So he used to give me all this letter set, which was very expensive. It was about 10 quid a sheet. You know, it was like transfer stuff. And I used to sell it to the student union, um, saying that, you know, I bought it at, you know, some knockoff cost. And it basically kept me in, in beer and uh, whatever else I was doing um, for about a year. Presumably your father didn't know this. He didn't, no, he, well, he, 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 I don't think he cared, to be honest. I mean, he just lifted it all from associated newspapers and gave it to me. But, but you see, people have forgotten that's how you did a newspaper. Yeah. You had it in the it editor's office. It was all cut office. and paste. It was all cut and paste. Yeah. It was really brilliant. And then you'd go down to the, the I used stone. To take it, I used to take it to a printer's in Bristol, yeah. having laid it all out in yeah. various pages, and they would put it together and, and print it. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, you tell people these stories now, and they kind of go, what? Yeah. 
you talking about? Well, you, you didn't have a computer. No, no. And the no. new, the new, they called it the new technology because it was in the House of Commons at the time. I think it was about 1984. It was actually started by Eddie Shaw. Everyone said it was murder. Yes. It was Eddie Shaw. Uh, but all people knew that at Wapping, where they were moving their plants, uh, the, the code word was Saigon has fallen. Yeah. That came through on the loudspeakers. And then suddenly all these guys, most of the people in the House of Commons, really the journalists, they, they didn't type at all. No. They, I would hold some of them. There's one guy, I won't mention his name because he's still about, hold him up while he was out of his brain right. and he'd dictate the most fantastic oh, yeah. copy. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. And they had reams of people yeah. answering phones and just taking your story down. Yeah. Did you manage you know. to get anything done? Well... Why well, got stories? <laughs> I mean, the papers sold a lot more copies in those days as well. I tell you, we True. had a lot more imagination. Yeah. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, my final one is back to your lot, the barristers of this world. Oh, Some of the God. stupidest people I've ever met Some have of been are. barristers, right? And this woman, <laughs> Jessica Seymour, oh, no. um, yes. or Seymour. I don't even know how you pronounce her I name. Don't know. Um, Seymour. Is it Seymour? <laughs> Cyborg. Anyway, Cy she, un unbelievably, I've had a couple of run-ins with her, right? Um, because she's a massive Ramona, and just all she tweets about is Europe yeah. and how the European Union's going to be, you know, the best place to be. She put out a thing the other day with every single category of business and how it was going to be affected by Brexit. And I mean, if you could be bothered to read it, you really must not have a life, you know, because yeah. I actually looked at one of them and it was about 30 pages long, you know, how the textile industry is going to be affected by Brexit. I'm like, one, I don't care. Two, I'm not reading that. Three, I'll still be able to buy the shirt that I'm wearing, won't I? What's the problem? You'll have you to know? have it on the show too. Yeah. Like, oh, I know. So she started <laughs> following me inexplicably, right, on Twitter. And I thought to myself, this is a bit odd because she's mates with Jolien Moron, who's already blocked me, right? And the, secret, and the secret barrister, yeah, kimono-wearing, fox-killing Jolien. His wife's kimono. His wife, well, he's he says it troubling. was his wife's. Who knows? Well, no, he mustn't say that. No. <laughs> it's probably perfectly normal to wear your wife's kimono whilst clubbing to dinner fox. Indeed. My yes. question was, why does he have a baseball <laughs> bat in the house? But he'd already said he had the, I think he said he had the baseball bat in case his house got burned. In case foxes came. No, he said he was going to beat burglars up as well, which oh, is also illegal. Well, anyway, well, anyway, so I put out what I thought was a relatively well-intentioned tweet uh, in which I said, Weirdo Ramona QC, <laughs> Jessica Seymour, has started following me. I wonder why, right? <laughs> At which, of course, everybody on Twitter joined in, like you do. Yeah, of course you do. Julia Hartley Brewer then tweeted out, this will not end well. She's one of the stupidest people on Twitter <laughs> in quite a crowded field, right? So this was great stuff. Um, anyway, about two or three hours go by. She then issues out a tweet in which she says that she's now being the subject. She's the subject of some kind of pylon by all of our racist and sexist fans who have been excited by us to somehow attack her right on social media. But unfortunately, she got my name wrong and she referred to me as Mark Graham. <laughs> yeah. So I then tweeted her back saying, I completely agree. It's a disgrace that this guy, Mark Graham, has encouraged all of his followers to, to, to tweet at you. It's absolutely disgusting. And people <laughs> started getting into that. And they started sending her, you know, pictures of me and, um, you know, corrections, things about Mark Graham, finding other people <laughs> called Mark Graham. And I just thought to myself... She's a QC, right? Now, yeah. one of the things you should be able to get right if you're following somebody on Twitter is their name, yeah. right? Now, I know that people can make mistakes, but I then had a look at her Twitter account, and she'd put out a picture of some blackcurrant jam, obviously homemade blackcurrant jam, in a, a sort of homemade jar, saying, oh, the first batch of blackberry jam is here. <laughs> and then she corrected it to say, oh, sorry, it's not blackberry jam, it's blackcurrant, which is clearly written on it, right? She then spells blackcurrant with an E. <laughs> And I'm thinking, this woman actually, Julia's right. She must be the stupidest woman on Twitter. I didn't she know can't spell blackcurrant. She can't tell the difference between a blackcurrant and a blackberry. 
and she can't and she can't get my name right, even though I'm apparently attacking her. I mean, sorry. See, I'm not sure what her uh, strategy is here because a few months ago I got followed randomly by her yeah. and I oh. felt this was kind of bizarre. It's kind of sinister because yeah. you, I'm, I what was she thinking trying to do? The, only thing she, the only reason she could possibly have for following me uh, is to try and sort of catch me saying something yeah. that she might find in some way uh, as offensive as it, as it was so that she could try and get me cancelled or something. I don't know. Was yeah. she the one who accused you of being a Nazi supporter? No. <laughs> who was that? No, that was a, no, that was a, uh, a teacher. Oh, that's right. Primary school teacher, as I discovered. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, not only did I find out uh, that he was a primary school teacher, I found out which school he was oh, a primary dear, school oh, teacher dear. at as well. well. The head should know. Well, he did. The kiddies have got to be protected. He's now closed his Twitter account. Yeah, well. What a stupid thing to but say. A, he called me a racist and he said that all of the people who listened to my show were Nazis. And he's actually teaching kids a yeah. year five which I think makes them uh, about I, ten. I don't know, probably. I find a lot of these people on Twitter happen to be teachers. Yes, they are. They're more activists than uh, teachers, I think. Yeah. They're too frightened to go back to work. Yeah. But they're very active on social media. <laughs> oh. Strange, though, isn't it? Mm. Well, we've reached yeah. that point in the show where we've now had, we've got nine nominations, right? So if you can remember the three that you've got, <laughs> why, don't you, <laughs> why don't you repeat them to Emily and she oh. can pick the fa her favourite? Oh, OK. Well, there's Chris Grayley. Chris Grayley. Your favourite Chris So Grayley. you've got two Tories in there again, haven't you? Well, Ian Proof Kane, well, Lee Kane, Lee Kane, is he a Tory? I well, he's working in Downing Street. Well, so is Dominic Cummings, but he's not a Tory. Dominic Cummings is not a Tory. No, he's Are not a member sure? of the Tory party. Positive. Well, I think he's working for the government, therefore he's a Tory. No. What's your definition of a Tory? Someone who's a member of the Tory party and votes Conservative. He doesn't vote Conservative. How do you know which way he votes? Well, I think he's made it quite clear. But we can revisit that and find he's out. If I'm wrong, if I'm wrong. the to the wrong. Prime Minister, I think he's a Tory. Honestly, check that we will check this out. Yes. We will check this All out. Right. We will Wikipedia I'll send, him, over I'll lunch. send him a little note uh, on his secret <laughs> Twitter account that's All not right. very secret. So that's Grayling, uh, <laughs> Lee Kane, and who was the other one? Oh, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Johnny yes. Depp. And so Johnny which, Depp is the one I want to go for. I think Johnny Depp's a very good choice. He's up. Yeah. Didn't know too much about the story before I arrived here, but it's clear he's been an absolute plank. He really has. Yeah. And, and I mean, we, I don't know how much longer before we find out whether he's won or lost, but I mean, it can't be oh, much. It's the, it's the final wrong. sixth day. Six sixth day, days. The money. Dear Just God. think of the money. All right. So now... Um, I guess you should choose mine, shouldn't you? Yeah. And then I should choose Emily. So, so my three are um, Cressida Dick. Yep. Um, the guy, the BBC music guy, Richard yeah. Morrison. Yeah. And Jessica Seymour. You may it's not be able to turn one. on your own. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, quite easily. <laughs> together, these quite lawyers. easily turn on my own. Um, but I, um, Morrison, I think, because that is really, 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 really stupid. Yeah. Don't you think? I think, I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go with yeah. him. Also, yeah, he's one of those bit. people who's never very likely to get it again. Nah. Whereas people like, you know, Christopher Dick could be on every week. Yes. You know, yeah. he Jessica needs the publicity. as well, possibly. He needs the publicity. All right. So Johnny Depp, Richard Morrison. Um, so I have to pick yours then. Yeah. So I've got Miriam Margulies. Yes. Or how have you pronounced her name? <laughs> Margulies. Yeah. Flora Gill. Yeah. And Beth Winter MP. Oh, I think I've got to go with Beth Winter. Oh, I think, yes. I've got to go oh, with I Beth think Winter. I, I like Beth. I think yeah, she's, Beth Winter she's very bad discontent. news. <laughs> All right. So now three have to become two. So one of them has to go. We'll still stay in the top three, obviously. It's all very complicated. Uh, I would be tempted to, to remove um, Richard Morrison, I think, and make him number three. Oh, OK. Oh, I was going to put him at number one. Oh, OK. Well, we can argue about it. You know, it's up to, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, I mean... What do you reckon? I, I like Richard Morrison. Do you like him as number he one? He is really, really stupid. Okay. And, and so woke. 
All right. Well, you let's know. make him number one then. Well, who's number yeah. two for you? It's got to be Johnny Depp. Hasn't yeah, it? Johnny Depp, I suppose. Do you think? Yeah. Followed by Beth, Beth Winter. Winter number Beth three. Winter. She I deserves to be good. on the podium. She really does. <laughs> she yes, does, definitely. Yes. Bronze medal. <laughs> yes. In fact, in some ways, it's actually worse for her to come third. It is. Because even though she's a massive plank, there are yes. two who are better than her. Yes. That's good. Okay, so Richard Morrison of the BBC, music expert yes. for wanting to get rid of Rule Britannia, the greatest song ever written about Britain. You are plank of the week. Don't forget uh, that you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, get everything that we do, watch all the Retort Radio shows as well. Jerry Hayes um, and Emily Carver, thank you very much indeed. This is Plank of the Week. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.